once came another man who... Style of tall. Go ahead. I'll be honest. I, I played a very high standard. Young uh, superstar. Give some lessons. Determination. Welcome to the Chess Underground. Eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. For the January 1st of the year, 2021, Chess Underground with very special guest, Marty Grund from ICC, who I will let introduce himself. Hello, everyone. I'm Marty Grund, live in Des Moines, Iowa. Um, I'm one of the founders of the Internet Chess Club back in 95 and uh, was in the stained glass business for 37 years, had a studio here in Des Moines and years ago sold it my retirement uh i've been quite busy with uh online uh tournaments yeah you, you you can say that again this year i think has led to some unprecedented things that none of us could ever anticipate one of which of course was the boom of online play marty i gotta tell you i lived in des moines for several years myself and i had no idea that i was so close to one of the original founders of icc at the time um but, you know, I, I want to set the table a bit for our listeners because I'm really excited to talk to you today about the history of ICC, um, the history of Internet chess in general. And I think this is such a, a relevant topic given, you know, where we are at the moment in this period of time and this moment in history where chess is online. I mean, let, let's face it, you know, we have the, the in-person Tata Steel, you know, in Vikanze going on right now. But chess is online. If you're playing chess in the U.S. right now, you're probably playing it online. So let me set the table a little bit, and then I'm going to ask you to take over and fill in the blanks and, and bring us up to, to the modern era. You know, internet chess and computer chess. Um, I, I was actually surprised when I looked this up. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I kind of, I, I was off by about a decade. It actually started in 1950. And... Uh, there was a paper published on computer programming a year later, 1951. The first chess playing program uh, was written. And, you know, I, I remember as a kid having the, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about when I mention this, but you know the chessboard that would talk to you that you could like push down in the square and it knew what piece was moving there? Sure. I remember having one of those and I thought that was just like state of the art, you know, super high tech. Oh my gosh, I'm playing against a board that talks to me. <laughs> you know, like, sure. like I can push the piece in and it'll tell me pawn to a five. And that was the eighties, you know, the, the, the mid eighties, late eighties, 1989. A lot of our listeners will remember this very famous match, um, against Kasparov. The, the first exhibition match between a computer and Kasparov was deep thought, not deep blue, uh, deep thought, um, plays Kasparov loses two games, of course, 
even before that in the 80s, you know, we had, um, I believe they allowed it up until early 80s, you know, computers to actually play in open tournaments. And then that stopped because computers got too strong. Computers achieved the rating of, of Grandmaster. And then in the early 90s, 1992, the start of the year 1992, as I understand it, something special begins on the internet. Something special begins in January of 92. Yeah, the uh, internet chess server uh, programmed by Michael Moore and Richard Nash was launched on the 15th of January in 92. Um, it was a Telnet login where one had an ASCII keyboard, uh, excuse me, an ASCII board to play where the uh, white pawn was uh, a capital P, black pawn lowercase p, and so forth. Um, they had problems though, bugs like allowing illegal moves and false checkmates. And uh, over time, um, they brought on Daniel Slater, my, my partner, the CEO of the Internet Chess Club, um, Daruha on ICC. He became the head programmer and started uh, addressing all the bugs. Um, he went on to uh, add timestamp, which was a lag compensating program. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was going to ask if that was maybe the first the first ever chess clock, or, or was there a way of, of timing the games at this point, or had that not been developed yet? Were these strictly correspondence? That had not been designed until uh, Slater took over and, and started uh, fixing those bugs. Um, he added uh, pool play and increment, which was the sure. first first edition of it, um, and uh, home the system kind of took the uh, the old building, tore it down, and built a castle of of fun stuff like uh, wild games. Um, and kind of fun April 1st jokes where a person's rating would, uh, if they won, they'd, they'd increase 200 points instead of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he was a, a, a brilliant programmer. Um, mm. In um, 1994, um, I was brought on, well, my, my history of online play began before the internet. It was uh, GE's site, Genie, where I met uh, uh, a near master, Brian Karen, who many of you probably know well. Brian, you may be listening. Hello. Um, he and another uh, old expert and I kind of got to know one another. We exchanged phone numbers and chatted and oh, this site charged a, a fee per hour. We'd oh, wow. almost like an like an internet cafe kind of thing, you know, however much time you use, that's what you pay for. Yes. Um, and it was a 1-800 dial-up site. <laughs> yep. You know, this gives me bad memories of, of being a kid where, you know, you remember the old computers, you would hear, you would hear the dial tone, you know what I'm talking about? Those old modems and then the beeping and then the chatter. Uh, and I, I remember we had sort of a running joke that that if you if you tap it on the side, it goes a little faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, these sites got addicted. Um, GE had their their site, and then the Imagination Network came on. Um, oh gosh, I 
I had a note on that some, somewhere, but anybody can Google Imagination Network and see. But GE had an uh, area where you could play chess, you could play um, checkers, you know, basic games, and they did have a, a graphical interface, so that was nice. Um, but I went on to uh, uh, the Imagination Network with my friends, and we were playing a game one day, um, and Brian said, hey, that guy playing that game over there is Roman Jinji Hashvili. Wow. He's a, he's a famous grandmaster, and I, I being from Iowa and never having played an over-the-board uh, rated game in my life, uh, just in Boy Scouts playing and, and growing up uh, here and there playing with friends. Um, but you know, this Brian Karen and, and Steve, the other gentleman, smart guys, and I thought, hey, good good uh, comrades to have uh, as uh, friends, went on to the INN, uh, Imagination Network, and watching Roman, um, the, the interface really was horrible in that when you chatted, there was no whispering. Uh, so I said, why did he move his knight to B6? <laughs> and, and up on his board, the player, Roman's board, comes this big square with my question. Oh, so no. Yeah, and it's a five-minute game. So here he had to discard this message that popped up on his board. And there was no, this was pre-internet. It was There was no email. Uh, it was inter-message, uh, inter-assistant message system. Yeah. Okay. So I get a message when I log in the next day, all in capital letters with exclamation points following and saying, don't you ever chat during my game again. <laughs> I message back saying, I'm just, Marty Grunda, stained glass craftsman in Des Moines with corner issues. I'm sorry. I, I know you're a famous grandmaster. My apologies. Next message I get is give me your phone number. So <laughs> I gave him my phone number and we chatted for an hour. And then the last part of the hour, he invites me to Manhattan. So I flew out there as a whim and met with uh, Brian Karen, who's from the area, and Roman. And we went to Carnegie Deli, then we went to Washington Square Park, and we played a game, uh, played, or he played, and I played my first ever uh, Washington Square Park game against a, a man of color, and I won. So I'm undefeated in Washington Square Park. Um, you, you've never gone back and played another? No, no, I haven't. I've been back to uh, New York many a time, but no, I haven't. You just got to keep the record unblemished. Absolutely not going to touch it. <laughs> Anyway, so Roman um, kind of became comrades with Brian, me, and Steve on, on INN, the Imagination Network. And um, one day, Roman, I, I, I came across a book called The Internet, and I'm looking at this chess server IP number. And again, 1-800-DIAL-UP, you know, a 300-baud modem. I log into this uh, ICS, uh, the Internet Chess Server, mm -hmm. and, and up comes this ASCII, ASCII uh, chessboard. So just I, to give a, a little background there, that that's going to look very different from what we play on today, right? I mean, I, I, my, right. my, my fact, question would be, are you even moving with a mouse at that time, or is it still like type command moves? Oh, it's type command, yeah. Right. Because no, users today, you know, they just so picture fun. like either an iPad, right? You're like dragging a piece. Or if you're playing on a on a computer, of course, you know, you can have very fast mouse skills. Or in the case of me, very slow. Um, 
But th- at this point, there was no there was no dragging pieces, right? It was you were you would literally type a move in. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, if you promoted a, a pawn to uh, the the eighth rank, you you know made it what you want with a command that combined the uh, you know e seven to e eight. You know, tonight um, I'm paraphrasing, but right. But so so on this chess server though, they had when you logged in, it said tell one for help. So I I typed in channel one. Uh, is there any graphical interfaces out there? And some somebody popped in and gave me a an IP number, an FTP site. And I go to this FTP site. And it took me about an hour to download this graphical interface at 300 baud modem speed. Here I had this, uh, this cool. <laughs> it's about cool. how long it took me to download the the daily sports scores. I remember in like 1994. Sorry, <laughs> you know, no. like an hour, and then you see Cubs four, or Twins one, or whatever it was. You know. So I was excited though, because now I have a graphical interface and the mouse works with it. And, um, I called Roman up and I said, Roman, check this out. And back then, in order to log in with this graphical interface, you had to take a text file and put it into an editor, put in your IP number for the internet chess server, the, 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 the COM port you're using uh, for your modem, and uh, um, and the phone number of your dial-up company, uh, your internet provider. And then you save that and run it. You're logging in. Now you have a graphical interface and you're logged in. And I called Roman up and said, Roman, this is free. We don't have to pay $5 an hour in the evenings anymore. <laughs> I don't have to hide the $300 I spent a month for my wife, the postal clerk, the breadwinner. Um, we can play for free. So... He, he got on, uh, Steve and, and Brian Karen, and we all kind of chummed up. And Roman started having me call people from St. Petersburg, Russia, to uh, title, title players, all his buddies. And they got on there, and all of a sudden, the internet chess server, the, the free site, um, was like Washington Square Park. You had all these... Um, you know, we were kind of uh, um, this, this abundance of, of strong players playing. So one day I get a, a message on ICC from uh, Daruha, Danny Slater, Professor Slater, Carnegie Mellon University, tenured professor. And he says, uh, who are you? I said, I'm Marty Grunt, Des Moines, Iowa, stained glass guy. Um, he said, well, you're really helpful with with people, I. By the way, I, I do have an affinity for people and friend friendships, um, so it was natural for me to answer how to how to get the interfaces to people who were asking, and right. he asked me to be an administrator. Um, and then, gosh, it just uh, kind of exploded in that um, all these title players had their friends getting on. Um, for 10 years uh, from 95 on, well, excuse me, you know, going back to the transition from free to, to uh, pay service, um, we went on uh, in 94, midway, people were offering the Slater uh, money to, to purchase the, uh, the rights, and, and Danny was, uh, I refer to Danny Slater, I was Danny, or Daniel. He 
he said, uh, you know, my, some people are saying we should go commercial. Um, and yet I'm working on algorithms for a robot that's going to land on Mars. I don't have time for this. <laughs> well, why not? Doesn't it seem just as important? <laughs> <laughs> right. I convinced him uh, and his, his Where's wife. his priorities? Come on, internet chats or, or robot landing on Mars? Exactly. Clearly they're out of whack here. Uh, he's a brilliant uh, scientist. Um, in fact, uh, well, I'll get to that in a little bit, but he, he was reluctant and I convinced him along with Eric Peterson, who's also a, a, a partner and a founder, to give it a shot. Um, you know, there, it was kind of the uh, beginning of any businesses on the internet and um, how it, uh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, the, there was a, uh, a big, um, I mean, th this was when the tech boom was going on too, right? I mean, early, mid-90s, I, I have to admit I was a little younger then, but I think that's around the time when, you know, the internet, the e-trade was was really becoming Exactly where thing. I was going. It was yeah. a sac sacrilege to, to go any, do anything commercial in this, uh, you know, this wild west of the internet. Mm. So we were kind of uh, frowned upon by many. But uh, for what it's worth, Amazon was founded a year before we were right. on, on uh, the Internet as a business. So uh, he agreed uh, to, to go commercial. Uh, his wife and uh, Eric Peterson and I and uh, a couple others um, decided to, to, to do so. Um, March 1st, 1995, we went commercial. Wow. Charging, um, Oh, like $25 for children and and $49.95 for adults. And uh, and just to position this sort of in the context of, of where things were around this time, this was two years before Kasparov Deep Blue, right? Right. Um, what, what, you know, so that our listeners can kind of, again, you know, mentally frame this, at least those who remember the mid-90s, do you have any recollection of where computer chess was? Was, was Fritz... I mean, I, I know we had chess, um, chess Master around that time, like Chess Master Three Thousand. Right. Had we had any renditions of Fritz by then? Do you know, or or where was where was that that industry happening at the same time? And I ask because this is going to lead into a, a question I have for you later on. Well, dates I'm not going to be able to to share, but uh, I do know we covered the first uh, um, um, and, and set a record for the most uh, of viewers during his matches against computers. I'm looking at my notes here. Okay, so I just I did a quick Google check. Uh, the, the miracle of, of the internet, right, that we're, that we're discussing, in fact. 95 was Fritz 3. <laughs> wow. So the, fir the first edition of Fritz that I remember owning, I want to say it was like early 2000s, and it was probably like, an, like at that point, I was buying like a used copy of Fritz 5. Um, yeah, okay. So, so sorry, sorry to, to cut your stride there, but, you know, this, this development of both internet chess as well as chess playing computers and engines is, you know, they're very parallel in some ways, and, and certainly they influence one another. So that's why I wanted to, to, make, to, to give that context and situate uh, what we're talking about. Well, it's, um, 
it's all a blur to me and a blink of the eye because it's been 25 and a half years since the first logging I made to internet to ICS and then ICC. Mm -hmm. um, but goodness, uh, our first uh, kind of marketing was at the Adams Mark World Open 1995, where we Philadelphia, had yeah, yep. Yeah, Roman sitting at the uh, booth table we we had um, with a TV monitor uh, <laughs> and logging into ICC and playing some blitz games with uh, a crowd standing around and, and promoting the ICC. Um, went on to, gosh, we went on to the Olympiads. Uh, I remember going to Istanbul, uh, this, this Iowa boy going to Istanbul for the Olympiad. Um, and then ICC, uh, Lilia Lauren and Rui Mora, who's now COO of ICC, went to uh, uh, Calvia and uh, Mallorca um, for the Olympiad. You know, we did our best to kind of get out there and, and uh, market ourselves at, at uh, tournaments. Went on to, of course, um, get, uh, well, John Fernandez was involved with our uh, he's now running for the board. Vote John. Anyway, uh, he um, helped market and uh, actually ran the first USCF-rated online tournament on ICC in 1998. Wow! So our rated online play goes way back to then. Um, now, was that was that uh, was it allowed to be? the same rating system as OTB or did they, was that sort of the moment when that separate uh, rating category was established for online ratings? No, the online rating category came much later, I believe. Uh, okay. I, so this I was think, legitimately U.S. chess over the board rated. Yeah, but I think it was proctored. And if I recall correctly, I, yeah, the I, rule book I, says it would have had to be, <laughs> I, I think, I think. Right. Oh gosh. And then um, some, just cool things took place along the, the, the road. Um, gosh, we had famous people uh, joining the club. I mean, uh, Peter Thiel, a PayPal creator, who was an addicted member. Sting, the musician, played. There was rumors of Madonna playing on ICC. <laughs> Unconfirmed. Um, <laughs> yes, and Bobby Fischer, too. Um, a rumor, but there was somebody, and I can't recall his name, was a friend of Bobby's, and someone had told me that, uh, that he, he did get on, but there's no proof there. Um, Charles Krauthammer wrote kindly of us, um, um, a solid member. You know, gosh, world champions um, played Kasparov, Anand, um, top players, Kramnik, and um, gosh, you pretty much name it back in the day. Um, and then in Holland, when I went to Vikensee, I'm sitting at the breakfast table, and right up comes uh, Magnus's father, and then Magnus sitting down beside him. And I introduced myself, and he said, oh, my goodness, Magnus's playground was ICC. Wow. Um, so, you know, he was what, 15 or 16 when he's sure. playing on ICC for the first time. And, of course, uh, goodness, uh, Hakaro Nakamura playing in, uh, on ICC. Um, 
it was uh, exciting times. The first 10 years, uh, you know, we had no competition. And of course, um, last 15 years, there's probably 150 competitors that have kind of uh, hit us pretty, pretty hard, but we're still there. We, we haven't gone away. We've always, our, our tagline from the beginning was serious chess, serious fun. And, you know, the, the fun part is the chat. We'd have channels uh, that uh, Professor Slater created way back in the early days because people in the main chat channel, you'd have everything from a person preaching religion to uh, somebody talking about the Yankees to, uh, <laughs> you know, politics. So it was a, uh, a kind of a plethora of conversation that needed to be parsed. You know, I think so, our, our younger listeners don't, probably have the experience of what an internet chat room was like in the 90s you know <laughs> it really it really was like just completely all over the place you know you just never had any idea what you were going to get well these these channels became really f- family um we have we have members i was just on a little bit ago um and kind of asked if anybody had any historical remembrances and uh one of them was hey Mel and PMK met each other on ICC and they got married. They're still married and they're still members. This is, you know, probably 20 years, 20 years ago. Um, we had uh, a situation uh, once, very cool, very, very cool, that Andy McFarland, SAC on ICC, who uh, was an administrator, uh, was observing a game or, or observing the help channel. And here came a, uh, a plea for help. Uh, Charles Drafts, a uh, uh, double amputee who played with a stick in his teeth, was saying he was suffering uh, some horrible... So, so uh, let me just... I'm sure. sorry. I just want to understand that. So you said play with a stick in his teeth. If I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly... He was literally, uh, so like inputting moves, right? Like typing the moves by holding the stick with his mouth and, and pressing the key for the move. Is, is that the correct interpretation? Exactly. Okay. Um, he, he was a amputee living in a housing project in Mission Hill. Um, he loved to play chess. There was a chess club in uh, Boston, Boylston, I think, uh, that he would attend. Um but he, he was uh, active on ICC. And in 96, he uh, had a, a malady happen uh, that he needed uh, 911. So he, he sent out a message, I'm having physical illness problems, I need help. And Andy saw this and um, got his address, called on another, another phone he had um, and got 911 on the phone. And they, uh, he saved his life. Wow. Uh, wow. You know, so this, he was just monitoring, monitoring the chat channel and it, that's how it came through? Right. We have uh, the administrators and helpers on ICC monitor uh, any kind of questions or, or uh, concerns a person might have. And this was one of those unbelievable moment, moments. Um, so he was 48 at the time and took him to Beth Israel Hospital where he was stabilized um you know there's uh, i mean you think about you think about the year you said that was 96 right 
you know, that that is for that year. That's a you know now the use of the internet and and the the omnipresence of online presence uh, is is almost taken for granted. You know, but but back then, you know, being saved over the internet, you know, that's a news that's a news item. You know, that's a, I guess even today it probably still would be, but uh, but at, at the time even even more so. No, it was a warm and fuzzy. Um, so other cool things, I, I, you know, we would fortunately we were we were always friends with U.S. Chess, and we were given uh, the ability to show up at Scholastic tournaments with a booth to promote uh, co-promote both join the USCF and join ICC. Well. Um, one of my administrators came up to me and said, you've got to go over to that other table over there and meet uh, that coach. So I walk over and here's this little five foot, six inch um, Filipino coach uh, of this team of color. And these kids are laying their heads on the table, resting in between rounds. Um, and he said, Mr. Grund, please, will you, come outside, I want to tell you my situation. So we go outside and he, he tells me he uh, is a math teacher in the west side of Chicago at Earl Elementary and also Marshall uh, uh, Junior High. Um, these kids are from families where father is in prison and mother has a drug problem. Um, the neighborhood is so rough, they can't walk three blocks without going through gangs, that two of his children, oh, oh forgive me, backing up, and this, this is probably the most touching thing for me personally uh, in my 25 and a half years, he tells me that he out of his own pocket would buy food and keep them after school from three to six to teach them chess, that two of the children were murdered on the way to chess class. Um, oh, well. Terrible. Um, my heart went to my stomach. Um, he said they had to sell cupcakes, T-shirts, and scramble for whatever uh, money they could to get to Super Nationals. And I thought, okay, <laughs> here's a mission. So I I came back to uh, uh, Des Moines and sat, wrote a letter called a call to action, and it was. Uh, a plea for um, donations for these kids to get them out of the dregs of humanity and see if we could show them a, a world that they they can actually uh, live in that's much different than gang-ridden West Side Chicago. So here I, I come back to, uh, I wrote this letter uh, basically talking about uh, St. Joseph, Joseph O'Cool is his name, O-C-O-L. Joseph uh, and and Mama Bear. There was a big, heavy-set woman with freckled face sitting that was kind of the, the chaperone to super nationals for these kids. And when she spoke, they listened. Well, so I coined Mama Bear and St. Joseph and in the letter uh, explained what I've shared already with, uh, with you. Um, I, I went into the politics channel on ICC, which is the most vociferous and, and busy channel of all, and uh, pitted the right against the left, Pete. 
and in one week gained enough money to get them to the K-12. Uh, they, they went on and one of the girls won our section. And uh, Mayor Rahm Emanuel of Chicago invited the kids, the coach, and me to a council meeting in Chicago where they wrote a resolution uh, applauding Joseph and the children. And uh, it was a beautiful moment for the kids. Um, and uh, I went on to do this again the next year. And we got them to another uh, national scholastic event where they did well again. And that year, uh, Commissioner Steele of Cook County surrounding villages to Chicago invited all of us. And it was uh, a beautiful moment again where a resolution was written and all the children were applauded. Um, did it again the, the third year. And this year we got an invitation and it was by Congressman Davis of Illinois to go visit and meet Michelle and Barack Obama. Um, we went excited, thrilled. Um, Congressman Davis took us by the hand and led us into the, the, the Capitol, the White House, only to find out that it was Malia's graduation day and they couldn't meet the president and Michelle. Sad moment in that regard, but the kids still got to see all of the, the beauty of our, uh, our Capitol and, and uh, White House. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. Um, but a beautiful one. And uh, there's so many um, interesting moments. You know, we had, uh, we, we ran the first uh, big money tournament on the internet, the Dos Hermanos. I remember that. That was a, a so for the, the users and, and listeners who don't remember that, um, could you fill us in a, a bit on, on how that worked? You know, the duration of it, I remember it was a, a multi week affair, if I remember correctly. And, and sort of the details. How, where did that begin? Where did Dos Hermanos start? Well, um, that's a good question, Pete. I, it's blurred to me, but I do remember, uh, the, you know, the funds were, were pretty chunky for the time, $8,000. 8, and, and the uh, fair play oversight was quite the ride for my fair play team and myself. Um, uh, and I... Can't remember if it was a multi-day event, um, but but nonetheless, um, I think we had something to the tune of um, I, I can't remember the number. I should have looked this up before I, I brought it up, brought it up. But you know, literally um, a thousand entrants or more, and and likely some thirty uh, disqualifications for use of illegal assistance. And uh, one of those that I had to call up and disqualify was a young man that started crying. And I told him, boy, by your rating, you're going to be a grandmaster someday. Um, if I told too much, you'd know who it was, folks, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, but he did, went on, he did go on to be a grandmaster and a strong one at that. So this event, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but there was something you said there that, that really struck me, you know, the thousand players and, and how it worked. This event was, I guess, I guess I'm going to use the word because I can't think of a better way, a better one, revolutionary in some ways. Not just because of the number of players, 
but also the format, right? There were there were qualifiers, if I remember correctly. Right, there were. Um, I'm, yeah, I yeah, I was just trying to Google myself to see if I could find more. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny, I, I remember it because I played in it, and I didn't do too well. I wasn't a very, I think, off the top of my head, and maybe you'll know better than I, but it was early 2000s, like 01, 02, 03 range? This, well... I'm, I'm looking here, and I, I've got a March 12, 2010, but I don't know. I thought we had something much oh, wow. earlier. Okay. Um, I thought you did, too, because I remembered playing in a, a Dos Hermanos tournament from uh, while, while I was in college, which was way before 2010. <laughs> However, that, that could be simply a case of, uh, of, of you and I blurring our, our collective memories here. Well, it's all a blur to me. I'm 68 years old, and and uh, the current times have has me uh, working harder than ever in 25 years with the uh, the um, you know the benefit from COVID for ICC, unfortunate for the world, and the 400,000 lost states has um, put us into a, a whole new uh, a niche for, for for these large events. Uh, money tournaments that uh, Bill Deutschberg and Continental Chess has run and all so many other organizers now uh, on ICC. I do see, by the way, that it looks like the first one was 2001. So uh, fortunately, my memory was, was not completely destroyed. Right. <laughs> with, with, by the way, with quite the field that I'm looking at here, you know, the top, the top five I see on Alexei Drev uh, in the fourth position. The winner was Ser- Sergei Shipov. Um, so I, Levon Aronian, uh, by the way, uh, Fide Elo of only 2,500 at the time Wow! <laughs> played in this event. Yeah. What a cool, what a cool find that is. Uh, Sokolov, Avruk, of course, Jinji played. Um, I'm just going through the list looking for, for recognizable names to, to some yeah, of our I listeners. see Petrosian, Nakamura, Marzolo, Shipov. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm only looking at the O one event, uh, ah. Ah, this I is wonder, I, Sorry. I wonder if I can see more. Yeah, that was 2000. The 2001 one was the one that I found. But really, really cool to see, you know, some of those names and their ratings at the time, too, you know? Um, well, yeah. it was it, it was an interesting moment in that uh, our fair play, fair play team at the time was stressed to the limit. But, uh, you know, we gained notoriety, I think, for um, truly catching those that, that were naughty playing with uh, computer assistant. So that was actually one of the one of the things that I wanted to chat with you about today because um, I think that as I mentioned earlier in our conversation, unfortunately, it's just it's just a fact that um, internet chess is always going to be linked with fair play, right? And violations of fair play and players who want to use assistance. Those two are always going to be inextricably linked. And it's interesting also the the side-by-side development of the two, you know, as, as computers evolve and become stronger and therefore, you know, our ability to use them in unwieldy ways, let's say, um, you know, to use their assistance becomes easier, 
You know, I remember back in the day, you could have Fritz 5 running on the best computer in the world, and it would still take you a while to like get some really good, useful grandmaster analysis. You know, now you can have uh, you know, Stockfish 12 running on a on a six, seven-year-old iPhone and you'll play like a right. three thousand. No, right. <laughs> you no. know what I mean? Like it's just way and, easier. And now with the cloud, uh, you know, these these engines that you can pick and choose are, I mean, there's a thousand different uh, engines out there and uh, apps that you can have on your iPhone that you can just point the, the phone at the uh, monitor across the room with a chest position and give you the best move. Right, right. So, so that was one of the, the questions that I had sort of in my notes here for you. Um, you know, I think... I hear it a lot in my position with U.S. chess, not not only there, but just as a player, you know, as someone who plays a lot, is a, a lot of players have in their mind, you know, how can I be sure that I'm getting a fair game, that my opponent is playing fairly? What What's in place when I play online? You know, I can't even see the guy. You know, forget a bathroom break or something like that. I can't even see the guy at all. Right. Paranoia. What, you know what? How can I? Paranoia is, yeah. is prevalent. I mean, I, I, uh, I, I, gosh, so many thoughts running through my head. The, the personalities of people on online are are unique. You'll have the shy person be bold. You'll have you'll have uh, many a person you know be questioning their opponent's uh, honesty. Uh, Professor uh, Slater back in. You know, he, he made algorithms for robots to go to Mars, right? He, he originally made the first kind of game spy program. And that's been uh, uh, okay. evolved over the years. Uh, you know, people, uh, there's all, uh, people probably know about PGN spy and, and other uh, programs that can monitor PGNs uh, to kind of give a score of, whether or not there's there's some reason to look deeper into a game, but there are um, I've got a 23 and a 22 year experience leader of our fair play team, and others uh, title players and so forth uh, beyond our team, uh, kind of helpers that have developed all these forensics games that. Uh, when we really scrutinize a game, we're pretty sure what's going on. You know, there's certain habits that players have that are um, kind of uh, telling as to whether or not they're using the thing they shouldn't. And without going too deep into the proprietary uh, things we do, um, rest assured that it's it's a fairly uh, certain level before we would ever accuse anyone of having having uh, broken the fair play rules. I don't mention the C word. You know, it, it's uh, my job, unfortunately, um, to give calls to individuals and, and parents uh, to let them know the bad news. And um, our analysis and Details are such that it's a it's a slam dunk when we um, call someone out. 
by the time you get to the point where you make that call, things are no clear. And we 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 have a uh, a plethora of of user names that are on our uh, yellow card as in soccer kind of uh, watch list. And you know we gain historical data. We've got millions and millions of games that we have that are also used in in our models. And, um, and when uh, COVID came along and we kind of partnered up with Continental Chess and Bill Goitsberg, um, a friend told me, you ought to be talking to Professor Ken Regan. So I called up Professor Ken Regan, um, who is you know, Buffalo's uh, statistician par uh, excellence, who writes for four math periodicals. He's created models that uh, uh, go into a supercomputer and with uh, you know, PGNs can determine almost certainty that someone uh, broke broke the rules. Well, um, I started uh, chatting with him and he said, my goodness, Professor Slater and I were associates before the Internet Chess Club. I said, wow. <laughs> yeah, we shared uh, um, methods and practices in 2006 for how I created my models, Professor Regan, and, uh, and how Professor Slater developed the fair play mechanisms on ICC. It, wow. it was a cool kind of uh, uh, um, moment. So, so I asked him if he would be willing to chat with my fair play team. And we all got on the phone and it was like an um, uh, iPod. It's like the old, old boys club coming together for the first time. <laughs> you know, they're... Our, our team kind of goes from a different direction than his model does, and uh, they're very complementary. And uh, since we've been kind of partnering with him on, on our fair play analysis of these major events, you know, you have 120-minute time control. Um, you've got some serious uh, forensics you need to do from our side where one has to kind of mimic the time for the computer analysis to be generating best moves. Um, you know, a person may take five minutes for a move and in today's uh, you know, fast computer time and Stockfish 12 or Komodo or whatever uh, engine uh, is running, you know, it, you've got to mimic that amount of time in order to uh, kind of determine first through fifth best moves and make notes and go on to the next move and so forth. So it takes great time for our team where Professor Regan fires them into a super supercomputer uh, and generates a, a list in, in, instance, uh, in an instant. Um, there are many levels that our team works on the forensics and telemetry into games where um, in almost every case, uh, our team's findings correlate to Professor Regan. So we have a real powerful combo there of, of surety that we're not going to blame an innocent. Uh, someone I'll let go unnamed who is of renown in uh, U.S. chess said, the time that ICC blames an innocent will be when pink unicorns exist. Made me made me very happy <laughs> to hear. No, I, I pride our our team and our, our care in breaking the news because almost um, 90 percent 
85, 90% of the people who use uh, illegal assistance are kids 16 and under. And Wow, that's an interesting statistic. Um, and it's really rough to call a parent who's paid grandmasters to teach their kid and who whose child has invested lots of study even before COVID um, to really become a good player. And almost all of these kids are A students, socially wonderful, just the best kids never got into trouble. Um, and, and breaking the news to a parent that their child did such a thing is, is rough. Um, you know, I, I'm proud to say that my success rate on, on confessions is up around the 80% mark. And it's not easy. It's a rough first call, uh, usually, and then parent having to talk with their child and come back with a uh, sad confession. And, you know, um, like I was saying earlier in our chat, Dos Hermanos calling this uh, 15-year-old kid that started crying to me about having not uh, done the right thing um, and going on to be a, a strong grandmaster. I, these these kids, I, I do my best to say, it's just a moment, stop. Just like I told him, that, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be a great player someday. Uh, this Nobody's going to, nobody's going to, you know, embarrass you in the war uh, publicly. You're, you know, just learn from it, move on, and 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 study on. And here's some free time, and look at our four thousand videos that we've created on ICC for users to to study with. Uh, anyway, yeah, you know, I think a lot a lot of things that you said there uh, definitely were will resonate and and be very interesting, particularly to those. Who are who are playing in and partaking in the online boom going on right now, but one of the ones that stood out to me was, you know, hey, <laughs> we have an algorithm developed by a guy who sent a robot to Mars. Yeah, yeah so be <laughs> right, careful. Like, he, right? Yeah, they're not. Uh, this is we're not messing around. This is legitimate. Um, you know, very um, high tech uh, methodology. You, you yeah. So Marty, um, well, no, I was just going to add that. You know, combine that with a 45-year two-guy team of learning the forensics of, you know, of, of right. going through a game and, and uh, really determining if the person, because every every dog has his day. You, uh, uh, I could go and 1356 rated player and have, uh, you know, a, a near-perfect uh, computer score in, in a game or two if I'm playing the opening I'm most familiar right. with. So it's easy to shoot first and ask questions later, but we don't. Sorry, go ahead. No, um, that, that's a that's an excellent point as well. You know, the truly that's what it is. It's a forensic analysis of a game and knowing what to look for and 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 where to, to pay attention and how those can can go. And there's really no replacement for the human oversight. Um, I was just going to say, you know, um, I, I'd really like we're wrapping up a bit. Um, and we're up against the clock, but I would really like to ask one more question if I could, and I'd like to hear a little bit, and also I'm going to plug something, so I apologize for the shameless plug. I'd like to hear a bit about, you know, sort of how ICC has evolved, where, where we're at now, uh, some things you have planned for the future, and I can start us off, of course, 
I'm fully aware that um, ICC and US Chess are working on a, a partnership event that's going to take place February 6th and 7th of this year. The first of its kind in ICC Rapids. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, together our organizations have uh, some exciting things coming up in the, in the immediate future. Um, but sure. what about ICC? Where where are things going and you know, where, where are you now and what's the next thing to, to look for? Well, we've, we have been going along just doing the best we can to bring in scholastic members because of my stained glass business. If you have a church with only elders, the church isn't going to be around very long. So during our, our competitive uh, battle with uh, Silicon Valley and the others, uh, we, we did our best to go out and try to reach out to scholastic organizations and bring them into ICC, creating kind of a, a group uh, login web-based interface. We're not all DOS 1.0 anymore. We have web-based uh, capabilities. You can log in with any device and we would uh, create these uh, unique uh, web pages for organizations such as Continental Chess Association. Uh, for several years, Chicago Public Schools, uh, Dade County at one time. Uh, we have Johns Hopkins, uh, uh, Center for Talented Youth that are using our site and and other uh, organizations. But uh, on the onset of COVID, uh, when Bill Goitsberg came on board, uh, we realized uh, we needed to get our technical um, 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 background more over the board-ish. Uh, so we jumped into high gear with our text to create uh, abilities to edit uh, um, round-by-round round tournaments, and we've now created uh, a seamless integration. All you organizers out there, a Swiss system. You just create the uh, the pairings, hand them to us, we run it, hand it back up to the cloud, you set round two, we run it. It's just that simple. Um, but we have gained so many um, other organizations uh, that are uh, doing tournaments rated U.S. chess tournaments on ICC and IC um, and have heard from uh, organizers like uh, Bill Goichberg, Alan Losoff with the National Open and uh, others that um, they're going to do these uh, online tournaments after COVID in between um, over the board, still having a footprint of rated play online with their organization. Um, you know, we, we kind of feel like we, ICC, is sort of the uh, Mechanics Institute of Online Chess. We're the oldest, the first. Um, yeah, so here we are, and it's it's been a wild ride, but boy, we're running these, uh, um, you know, prestigious, uh, important right. tournaments, uh, you know, with money involved. So it's an exciting moment for us. That's great. No, I, I, I think I agree. I mean, I think it is exciting to see, you know, as, I, as I've said before on the podcast, just to see the seamless transition that chess has made from an, from an in-person sport to an online one. Um, you know, I, I just saw within the last week, um, I think it was on Twitter, just a Forbes article about Magnus Carlsen being one of the, if not the highest grossing e-sport player of the year. And I thought, you know, how funny that is that now these these uh, top-level chess players are considered e-athletes, right? <laughs> They're playing e-sports as opposed to before when they were just athletes. You know, it was just a sport. You know, chess was a sport. You can play. Um, Akira Nakamura, he's doing better than he ever has. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. With with the explosion of Twitch and the interest in chess. So um, really, truly, it, it is an exciting time to be to be playing the game and to be associated with the game, to be around the game. And thank you, Queen's Gambit. You know. <laughs> right. No kidding. Exactly. I mean, we've got TV shows. It's, it's really, truly uh, a cool a cool time for chess. And, you know, in such times, especially, I think it's wonderful to have some perspective on you know, how we got to this point, what's coming, you know, where we are. So, so Marty, I, I appreciate you being willing to sit down with me and, and offer and provide some of that perspective. I, I really do. Thank, thank you so much. Oh, stop. I'm looking forward to more partner events with uh, U.S. Chess. And uh, I'm excited about the February 6th, 7th event that's coming up. And I, I see plenty of entries already. I recommend everybody jump in there and and have some fun playing uh, the Rapids on ICC. I actually totally would love to if, if they'd let me. Unfortunately, uh, as you know, I'm sort of <laughs> sort of running the thing with you. Um, well, well, Marty, again, thank you so much. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, and it's been great to hear some of these stories. You know, as I've told you, I, I've been an ICC member forever, um, and so to hear some of these stories and to look a little bit behind the scenes was really cool. Um, I, I appreciate it. I, I think some of our listeners probably uh, will remember some of some of those stories and some of the tournaments we discussed today. And, and it was great to to go back through that with you. Um, any final thoughts or, or 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 comments for 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 audience? Oh gosh, I just thank you for listening to me ramble on. Um, it's been a, a fun ride. I I'm really proud of our moment. It's uh, kind of a renaissance for internet chess club our membership uh, has exploded and gosh come and play some rated prize events we'll make sure you get fair play <laughs> serious chess serious fun right that's it that's <laughs> it no for real well that you know you can go other places play for fun this is where you can trust uh, some serious chess and fun well marty uh, thank you again and for for everyone here um, have a safe January and Chess Underground. We will see you again next month. From a distance. Tactical struggle. hard to define. Thank you for listening to the Chess Underground, a U.S. chess podcast. Please check out our entire suite of podcasts, which release every Tuesday, and include Ladies' Night with Jen Shahad, as well as Chess Life cover stories and One Move at a Time with Dan Lucas. U.S. Chess would like to thank Jason Andre at Seven Season Films Photography and Media for a podcast production and editing. If you are starting your own podcast, visit www.sevenseasonfilms.com for consulting, production, and editing. Until next time, signing off, Pete Karyanis. Determination.